Week two now completely in the books. A gruesome injury for Nick Chubb in the Steelers-Browns Monday nighter. Saints-Panthers as well on the doubleheader on Monday night. And Patrick Mahomes has a new contract. All that more on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to all the everydayers. Make sure you are one. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. And right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. I mean, football takes a back seat after what we saw in Monday Night Football, Matt. And I know you're really plugged into that Steelers-Browns game, and it's the thing you hate to see the most uh, not just an injury, not just a season ender, but one with the way it looked, and we don't have MRI results yet, but Nick Chubb, this could be a career-altering, if not even career-ending injury with how that looked, and I, I kind of wish I didn't see that slow-motion replay. Yeah, me too. I mean, really, really unfortunate. Uh, I will give the uh, the hometown crowd here some credit they were cheering his name on the way out i mean that's not usually a rivalry thing to do but way more importantly i mean he he started his career basically better than any back of this era i mean right there with henry and mccaffrey and all those guys but he's been durable he's been basically the best ball carrier since he arrived and is on i know this sounds crazy but i did so much brown's work he he's on he's on lists with like Barry Sanders and Jamal Charles and Jim Brown yards per carry efficiency numbers. And you hope, I mean, I'm sure he's done for the year, but you hope he can come back and be close to what he was. And it just shows how brutal the game is and how, how brutal that position is. And word from the Browns, Kevin Stefanski after the game, it's a significant injury. He's, he's going to be done for the year. And we'll we'll know more about it later on, probably Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. Find out MRI results, the exactness of what that injury is and what exactly is torn or broken in there. But the good news, I guess, if there is any, he did go to the hospital and, you know, they, they're checking on arteries and these other things as well. They, they could be even bigger problems, bigger injuries. And it looks like he was OK to, to travel with the team back home to Cleveland. And so, um, you know, I guess that is good news there. And he's already dealt with a really massive knee injury from college. I mean, he was everybody. He was so awesome early in his college career at Georgia. And I think he fell a little bit in the draft because he had that ACL. And um, and I think that was like ACL MCL was a pretty big injury, you know, and it's, it's the life of a running back. And I understand why running backs want to be paid more. And it's almost like, and look, if we're talking injuries, He's not alone in in week two of the NFL season. It's early in the season. Oh, no. There are teams scrambling at running back already. Nick Chubb, uh, Saquon Barkley went down with a sprained ankle. Luckily, not a high ankle sprain, but he's going to be gone for three weeks. And they've got a Thursday nighter up quick. And so that's a tough one for New York. They lose their best player and they're on the road on a Thursday night. 
You've got Austin Eckler has been injured. Jonathan Taylor, whatever his situation is right now. Um, you've got Dobbins and you've got Jones. And yeah, Aaron they, Jones rest of the week, yeah. Yeah, Aaron Jones out. Um, yeah, wow. you know, some of those are, are season enders, Dobbins and Chubb and some others. The players will be back at some point. Taylor, I would assume, would be back. And, and potentially there's still trade opportunities there. And with all these teams with, with running back injuries, maybe there's more teams willing to trade for Taylor now that weren't willing to two weeks ago before the season started. And um, and even some other, I mean, if we're looking at it from a fantasy perspective, there, there's tons of weird running back situations anyways where – uh, you know, fantasy owners are probably really scrambling right now to try to find someone to to plug into their their lineup because even I mean the the league's leading rusher last year, Josh Jacobs had negative two yards this week, <laughs> two yards, yeah. And Brees Hall's not all the way back, and right. the Vikings are doing nothing on the ground, and you know a couple things you thought you could count on just aren't there at all, especially at that position. You laid it out well. I mean, not only could Taylor's market get a little spike, but I mean, could the Browns call Kareem Hunt back? Or you would think Fournette gets a call soon. I mean, a couple of those guys that have been looming out there, maybe they get jobs quick. The attrition at running back, it was kind of a a, a really smooth year last year with Jacobs and Barkley and McCaffrey and Derrick Henry and Chubb. And all these guys had a really smooth season as far as injuries. And there were some really good rushing performances last year and rushing totals. And those injuries are already stacking up this year in the NFL at that position. So that's unfortunate. You hate that. And you really just, you know, the thoughts are out there for, for Nick Chubb and you hope this is something he can come back from because that looked, that looks really bad and, and, and it kind of mars the entire football game. It did. And it was not the prettiest games to begin with. I mean, coach Tomlin called it AFC North football. I mean, all, all division games are tough. Doesn't matter what division it is, but this wasn't particularly pretty. I'm sure we'll talk about the quarterbacks, um, Jerome Ford came in and played well, and I think he's an underrated player. I'm not saying he's a Nick Chubb one-for-one one replacement, but as handcuffs go, I think you could do a little worse than that. Um, I mean, he did have the one seven, 69-yard run. Uh, those were 69 of his 106 yards there, so um, that, that was a huge play. Uh, Watson even throwing a, a block on that one. We are going to talk to the quarterbacks uh, in the next segment, I think, because that's a, a yeah. different conversation here with it, with at least the two quarterbacks in this game and um, maybe even talking about uh, some of the quarterbacks in the other Panthers and uh, Saints game as well that we've got to cover. Um, but the Jerome Ford, you know, is the replacement for the Browns. He's not going to be Nick Chubb. No. And when you look at the Browns now, and we're going to talk about Watson in more detail, but he did not look great. Um, you had both starting cornerbacks left the game with injuries at one point, right? You had um, you had Denzel Ward left the field. You had Newsom that was banged up in that game. I think Newsom's might be bad. I haven't heard yet today, but just post game didn't sound yeah, we're, great. We're still kind of pre MRI right yeah. now as we record this on Tuesday morning, so we don't know the details of all these. But suddenly you look at the Cleveland Browns, and that's a team that you feel like you really have to fade. Yeah, I would think. I mean, especially because the way Watson's playing, um, you know, they lost their right tackle before this game, Conklin. The defense looks great, and maybe that's just because my Steeler offense is horrible and the Bengals offense was horrible in week one, but that is a bit of a trend. I mean, the defense looks phenomenal. Hopefully corner injuries don't derail that. But I have two crazy stats from that game that you just don't see. I mean, if you look at the turnover differential – 
it, it was four two favoring the Steelers. Steelers only turned the ball over twice. The Browns turned it over four times. Fine. But the Browns were also over two on fourth down and they missed a field goal. And I've, you know, since this, this podcast was started, I've told people missing a field goal and missing a fourth down conversion is no different than fumbling the play before. So really they turned the ball set over seven times compared to the Steelers when you look at it in depth. And listen to this. I, I just tweeted this out. The steel, I mean, as we know, two of those turnovers turned into Steeler defensive scores by Highsmith and Watt. The Steelers scored 26 points in this game and never once snapped the ball inside the Browns 30 yard line. Not even the red zone, the 30. <laughs> that is a, that is an amazing stat, and it's it really sort of puts into perspective exactly what you saw. If you watched it's the exactly game, you sort of felt like what kind of what was that win? How did the how did the Steelers even pull that off? Not a single snap inside the thirty. Not a single snap inside the thirty. Zero red zone right. snaps. Yeah, that is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I wonder really when the bad. last time a team won a football game with zero red zone snaps. I don't know. I mean. It's probably happened, you know, returns for touchdowns, of course, or mm -hmm. bad weather game, things like right. that. But not only that, not even inside the 30. Oh, that's pretty amazing. That is that's kind of what it sums up the game, though. I mean, it was it not the, the game and game, it sums up the quarterback play on both sides. I want to talk yeah. a little bit more about Watson and Kenny Pickett underwhelming performances on Monday night football. Was that because of the defenses or was that because of them? Because we're seeing a trend now with both of these quarterbacks for multiple games. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, Mahomes got a new contract, the details there and the other Monday nighter saints Panthers as well coming up next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Jace medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected during an emergency that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication you might need in an emergency. Jace Medical, make sure you have the med medication in hand. Jace Medical is super simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care so whatever your personal needs are for your family or just generally you need to be ready for an emergency situation a, a, a traveling situation where you might not have service or cell phone service and you could be stuck somewhere in the unexpected in an emergency save more than 360 dollars by getting these life-saving antibiotics with jace medical plus an additional 20 dollars off by using code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com that's Jace Medical, J A S E Medical.com, promo code locked on. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson also brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. And there's no better time than to get involved at FanDuel right now and snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first. $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose on that first $5 bet. And that's 200 extra dollars to bet on spreads, player props, over-unders in the NFL, parlays. There, You build your own parlay. The app is super easy and safe to use. I love the website, the interface. You can find any of the bets, the amazing volume of bets that you can find uh, at FanDuel on the NFL and any sport as well. So, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, 
There's no better time to get in on that action than right now early in the NFL season. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Okay, before we, we move over to the, the Panthers-Saints game, Matt, and these are kind of a couple of, I don't know, ugly some people might have called them snoozer games on Monday Night Football. Uh, you laid out some of it very well about what that looked like for the Steelers' offense. And look, those are two pretty good defenses. Like TJ Watt's a special player. I can't believe yeah. he's already at 28 years old, uh, has the, is the career leader in sacks for a Pittsburgh Steelers defense that has monumental defenses in the past. The Hall of Famers everywhere, right? right. He's number one. Yeah. Pretty unbelievable. Uh, but some of that was bad quarterback play on top of good defensive play, I think. I think it was a combination of both yeah. of those things. Uh, first with Watson. It, this is years now, plural, of bad play from Deshaun Watson. Is this just a new normal for Watson? Forget what we saw earlier on in his career in Houston because he's just not that guy anymore. I'm officially worried. I mean, I think you could give last year a pass, you know, that – he went 700 days between games. I mean, that's insane. And to take it even further, unlike some of these injured guys or whatever, he wasn't even in the quarterback meeting room. He wasn't allowed in the building, you know, and then boom, you're here, throw you right in. And some of the Watson apologists or fantasy folks, rightfully so, will look at his games last year and be like, weather was unbelievably bad. They played some of the toughest defenses in the league. Okay, I can explain those things away. And hey, the Bengals and Steelers defense this year, aren't bad either. That's for sure. I mean, they're both probably upper tier, you know, better than the league average, but he doesn't look good. I mean, he's always held the ball a long time. He doesn't play with any rhythm. His accuracy is really poor. You know how NFL.com does that next gen stat of the game for their, their game roundups. Well, under pressure this year, he's completed seven out of 22 passes. I mean, his completion percentage over expected while under pressure is the worst in the league. And making matters worse, I don't know if people know this, but the Browns' offense is the most expensive in the league. But it's not this year, in 2023. But it's not because of Watson. They restructured. He's only an $18 million cap hit this year. So that O-line, Cooper, Najoku, Chubb, those guys are eating up tons of cap space. Well, next year and the two years after, Watson is a $62 million cap hit. You know, like I was asked on the Steeler pregame show, like, you know, people around here don't pay attention to it. And they're like, well, what's Watson need to do for this trade to be worth it for the Browns? I'm like, he basically has to be Josh Allen or better, you know, let alone not be awful. If he's awful, it's one of the worst trades in history. Oh my God. He's going to be top five quarterback in the NFL for it to, to look it, to make it count. Yeah. At the minimum. Um, yeah. So, it's not looking great for the Browns there. Watson's going to have to turn it around. He has time. He's a talented player. Sure. But one of the things I'm seeing in the NFL this year, and it, we kind of started to see it last year too, is because the NFL, like the NFL is really cyclical and everyone's kind of chasing everybody else's tail a little bit with how the league is played, who's good, who's not. We went from an era of, oh man, you got to have the cerebral, uh, you, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, get the ball out, timing, passing games, everything's, you know, that sort of a, a quarterback. And then all of a sudden the Mahomes and the Josh Allens show up. Mm -hmm. and like, Oh, my God, we need physical gifts. Lamar Jackson, we can run the ball with our quarterback. We can make big plays. It's all about just the physical tools. And you saw these big armed, really 
high-end traits quarterbacks hitting big. And so the league started drafting high traits, high-end quarterbacks. And then now all of a sudden we're seeing, ah, oh, well, the guys that hold the ball a long time and are playing hero ball, trying to get the ball downfield. And Russell Wilson was so good at it for a long time. And Watson, that's kind of his thing. We're seeing fields. It's a disaster. Um, you know, Trey Lance couldn't get off the ground. Purdy and, versus Lance is Brock Purdy, yeah. right. And right, right. Now Mahomes is, is really changed the way he plays. And uh, Josh Allen throws three interceptions trying to make the big throw. He's got to take the underneath stuff. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of skewing back again now away from those players back to the cerebral get the ball out quick timing and i think a lot of it has to do with all the uh you know the the offenses around the league kind of that the, I mean, there's what a quarter of the league is from that shanahan mcveigh tree and that's a mm-hmm. timing based offense so maybe sure. that's part of it as well but it's wild how that works and you would think that kenny pickett would fit right in with that group but he has not looked like that so far this year that's a tremendous you know uh, thought by you of, of just in one year what has changed with quarterbacking you know like yeah burrow and mahomes last year if they saw cover two they checked it down you know they adapted their game they were big game hunters and then they decided i'll i'll death by a thousand paper cut you in a brady like manner and, and your niners are a perfect example and as you're saying that the perfect example actually to a has the least rushing EPA of any quarterback in the league this year. He is the least value as any rusher at the quarterback position, and he's torturing the league. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Perfect example. Kenny, I could go on and on about. I mean, I have a lot of problems with the offensive design. There, I, I just mentioned EPA. Right now, the Steelers' offense is 32nd in offensive EPA. They're 30th in rushing EPA. The Vikings and Raiders are the only ones worse, and they're last in passing EPA. That being said, you probably saw this against the Niners. That game wasn't competitive, but there were a lot of open receivers, and he was just flat-out awful. I mean, I didn't blame Matt Cannon. Everyone here wants to kill the coordinator, of course. Kenny looked really, really bad in that game, and this one was slightly better, but not much. And... There's some telling stats that when he plays within structure, when the ball comes out of his hands in 2.5 seconds or less, he's really, really good. But people think of him as this game manager. He's much more of a wild stallion at heart than he is Mac Jones. You know what I mean? He wants to extend plays. At Pitt, he had a really high uh, expected their time to throw. And it's been bad when it's here. You know, when it's over 2.5, Sure, he makes people miss and he makes some big plays, but really things go right down the toilet. And his accuracy is what blows me away. I mean, he's always been highly, highly accurate. Not this year. If he's not going to be accurate and he's not going to see things clearly, it's going to be a, a tough row for, uh, for yeah. Kenny Pickett. And maybe we have to wait. He's played the, play the Niners and, and Browns, and those are two pretty good defenses. So no I don't doubt. know who's next on the Steelers' schedule, but maybe we'll, we'll wait another couple weeks and see what he looks like against some other defenses. But early returns this year, not good for a player we expected to take a big jump this season. Raiders and Texans up next. So put oh. up or shut up. <laughs> better there get better. Yeah, we'll, know yeah, after, yeah, right. we'll know after week four then. Exactly. That's what I keep telling people. First two were awful. And if we're having this conversation two weeks from now, then the sky can fall and I'll be, un- I can understand. Hey, if George Pickens is going to make runs after the catch, like he did on the 71 yard touchdown and not yeah. be the jump ball guy, that's a good sign. You, you might have yourself a true number one receiver there in George Pickens. You stole the words out of my mouth. I recorded a local podcast here right before we hit record. And I thought, 
one of the most promising things with that game with Deontay Johnson out was Pickens flashed true number one stuff, not just highlight stuff. He had a remarkably high yards per route run. Kenny missed him several times. His, his day could have been much, much better. So he did the little things that he didn't do as a rookie. All right, speaking of pretty mediocre quarterback play, uh, let's talk Saints, Panthers next, and the new mega contract restructure for Patrick Mahomes. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is some of the most fun you will have playing daily fantasy sports this NFL season. And while you're having all that fun, you can win up to 25 times your money this football season. You can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps at Prize Picks. And uh, it's it's super fun to play. All you do is you pick two or more players and you choose more or less than their projected stats in any given game. Uh, I, yesterday, I recommended that on the Monday nighter, you take the more than nine and a half rushing yards for Bryce Young. And all he had to do is hit that one scramble, right? And you got it. And and that was uh, that was a direct hit. So uh, hopefully you use my my uh, projections here. I, I think I hit a, a couple of really good ones on Sunday. I remember Ingram's uh, over 39 and a half receiving yards was an easy one for me. And you can find those at Prize Picks. You can find daily and weekly specials and promotions as well, like Taco Tuesday. And it's not just NFL projections at Prize Picks. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. It's a good week on prize picks. Um, it was a bad week for some young, inexperienced quarterbacks around the NFL. Bryce Young, you know, it's a, you're getting indoctrinated into the league. And I think even more so than than Bryce Young, the, the 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 real stark thing I saw in that game was the lack of any kind of separation any of his receivers are getting. Oh, it's bad. Number one target, nine targets, seven catches for 54 yards, and the touchdown for, for Adam Thielen. And Adam Thielen, at least you have a, a veteran, and, and I understand why they bring in someone like Adam Thielen. You need that for a young quarterback. He knows offenses. He's been in multiple schemes. He's going to be in the right spot but he's not the guy that's going to get open and, and make create big plays for you. He's going to catch the ball and get tackled. He's not going to create a lot of separation, but he's going to be smart and be a starting player and, and be the veteran in the room. You have Jonathan Mingo, who's a, a gadget player who you have to, you know, manufacture touches for DJ Chark's kind of that one trick pony guy, not a separator laterally, but can get down the field a little bit. So it's, it's already tough for a young quarterback in the NFL, and there's not going to be a lot of separation for him to make those throws as a rookie. No, it's really well said. I mean, there was a lot of excitement in the building. You know, Carolina doesn't host a lot of primetime games, home opener, first overall pick. But my impressions of this game, and I didn't study it, obviously, like the Steeler game, and I was doing pregame shows as well, was that was the number one thing, is Carr has legit weapons. I mean, Michael Thomas, I don't say he's back, but he's a good football player now. I, I yeah. love Shahid. Olave's a one. You know, Carolina would kill for any of those guys you know, at yeah. this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I just thought everything, both teams pressured the quarterback well, but the Saints were just a little better at everything. Carr was a little better than Young at this game. They ran the ball a little better than Carolina in this game. Defense was a little stouter. They were, they're 2-0, the Panthers are 0-2, you know? 
And it's funny because the stat line doesn't really tell the whole story except for one thing, and that's the uh, yards per throw for Bryce Young was only 4.6 yards. That's very mm-hmm. dink and dunk on, especially, I mean, 33 pass attempts to have only 153 yards. But he had the touchdown, right. no interceptions. He has an 87.1 rating, a 60.7 QBR. That looks good compared to Derek Carr, who was 21 of 36 for 228, no touchdown passes. He had the one interception, but watching the game, it didn't feel like Bryce Young had a better game than Derek Carr. But that's it didn't feel like he had more lightened it up. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah, he was more efficient, but he wasn't more effective. So the own two Carolina Panthers, I think we knew it was going to be a long season for them as they uh, brought in a new regime, new quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Now it's uh, it, this is getting pretty fun in the NFC South with some teams that are stacking up some wins. The Saints now two and zero, and I think you feel pretty good about their chances of being in it in that division in the end. We'll see how the records stack up if they can try to sneak even multiple teams into the playoffs from that division. Yeah. And- I think it's very possible, and a lot of it is strength of schedule. We talked about that a lot coming up. But, I mean, I just pulled up the Saints. I mean, they go to Green Bay. They easily could lose that one. Then they got Tampa, the Patriots, the Texans. I mean, they look like a 4-2 and two type of team, you know, maybe 5-1. and one. And Atlanta and Tampa might be in that same conversation. So, yeah. Those interesting fun division. But, yeah, the division games are going to be monster. You're right. You got one this week, and I think that's what's going to decide it there in the South is those division games. So it's going to be fun with Tampa and the Saints. And then you look at the NFC picture, and I think the NFC is not really super surprising for us right now. There was three teams that were head and shoulders above everybody coming into the year. It was 49ers, Eagles, and Cowboys. And I think that's even that gap might have even gotten bigger between those three teams yes. and everybody else in the NFC. And then it's just a shotgun start. So, I, like, there's really nobody out of it. Uh, in the NFC, maybe the Cardinals, Bears, uh, Panthers are going to have a tough go, I think, mm-hmm. to uh, to turn things around and and get into the playoff picture. But just about everybody else has an opportunity to try to fight for one of those last four playoff spots in the NFC. Yeah, I, I agreed. I mean, it's interesting. The AFC's looked at as the powerhouse, but there's only two two and O teams in the AFC. Where the NFC, if I was doing power ranks right now, I think I'd put Dallas one. I'd probably put the Niners two. And the Eagles might be fourth or fifth. I mean, maybe even third. So do yeah. they have three of the top four teams in the league? Possibly. Right. It's, uh, like uh, the Chiefs, kind of a slow start. Uh, right. Buffalo. Them above any of those three teams. Uh, you know, I wouldn't fight you for it. But I think right now they might be four or something like that. Mm-hmm. Three, mm-hmm. Uh, at one and one. The Bills also at one and one. Um, the Who else is in the right. uh, in the Dolphins? Like the Dolphins would probably be the, the one. The I mean, they've looked the best so far of all the AFC teams. Yeah that way but it's only been two and baltimore's two and oh but i don't look at them as a top five powerhouse at the moment Mm -hmm. and since he can't be in that conversation at the moment and yeah the jets aren't obviously steelers or browns we just talked about them chargers are oh and two i mean so we'll see i I don't know who the fourth best team is in the nfc maybe it's green bay maybe it's atlanta maybe it's the saints rams i don't know rams have played strong yeah seahawks uh maybe yeah lions yeah, Lions, right. They're they're kind of all in there. I have no mm-hmm. idea. Who knows? Yeah. We're going to find out. And what's great is Cowboys, Eagles, Niners all play each other this year. Oh, in the regular right, right. Season. So we're going to see some of these playoff matchups in the regular season and then probably see them again in the postseason. That is fun. That's good stuff. Mahomes, uh, this is basically – Patrick Mahomes is, is really – has changed the game so much, Matt, in the NFL. And it's to the point where – and we, I guess we've kind of seen this a little bit with Aaron Rodgers' contract – the, the, these con, the, he signed a 10 year contract, right? Patrick Mahomes did originally. <laughs> yeah, they're, these are living uh, documents now, right? They're like, yeah, they're like the 
Declaration of Independence. <laughs> exactly. It's like well, <laughs> we have the 22nd Amendment now. You know, it's yeah. like uh, so Patrick Mahomes, um, it's it's kind of convoluted what's going on. It's it's not a four-year deal, but the f- four-year structure has changed now for him to where he's gonna get 210 million dollars over the next four years through 2016 is the way I understand it. But he still has, you know, the full nine years or whatever it is left on his total deal, the way I see it. But it's just this one portion of it. He's going to get more now in this section. I think a lot of it has to do with, obviously, some other big quarterback contracts that have come. And and they probably knew that, all right, Patrick, you're just going to stay the highest paid and we're going to, this is going to change every few years. Yeah, I assume that's how it works too. I mean, uh, my very not, educated thoughts on it are this four-year stretch he's going to get the most money in nfl history over that stretch guaranteed I mean, no matter what i mean he could never play again he, now he's getting that money and then after that stretch they can revisit this so he may get another signing bonus and payday and i assume he didn't go cry to the team i'm underpaid i think it was just burrow herbert all these guys are getting huge contracts we just want to honor the guy who's better than all them but what I don't quite understand is where's the money coming from with this team? I mean, we just had this Chris Jones conversation, you know? And then, well, the other thing is this restructure is also going to continue to get restructured because they'll probably the convert, bank of the homes. Yeah. yeah. They'll convert signing bonus mm-hmm. money and, you know, uh, or com- convert base salaries into signing bonus money. And he'll still have his guarantees and still get his money, but he'll get it up front when they restructure it in a signing bonus form. And then that way they can kick the can down the road. And so, that it's it again, it's a living document, and this might be the most restructured contract in NFL history when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think that's a good way of saying it. Because I, I mentioned how Watson's contract, when they signed it, was massive, but they bumped it down to 18 million this year to make it 62 for next year so they could pay all the guys around them. And that's not looking good, but maybe now Jones gets his deal and they just go to the bank of Mahomes saying, Hey, can we take a loan and pay Chris and you know, then the next guy? It's our mailbag episode Wednesday, Matt, on tomorrow's right. Peacock and Williamson. So I want all the listeners out there to get involved in that. I already have some early question askers in the hopper at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. You can drop a comment and a question in the YouTube comment section as well. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Big ups to all the everydayers out there that come strong for every week mailbag time and uh, i expect to see it again and hey if you haven't asked any questions before but you are a everyday listener drop us a question yeah again, at bd peacock at williamson nfl matt and i back tomorrow right here peacock and williamson